dementia researcher with a blog and a rating. The interview. When I look at my diary from this time last year, January 2021, I realise I met with a number of wonderful NIHR Advanced Fellowship Award holders just 12 months ago. They generously paid their time and knowledge forward to discuss how they had compiled their applications. I then spent months and months preparing, meeting with seasoned researchers to put my research plans together. I was also working with my mentors to finalise my training plans and navigating the finance department at my university. I finally submitted my application at the start of July 2021. And at the end of December 2021, I received a wonderful email inviting me to interview. Thus began the interview preparation. The first thing I did was celebrate for around five minutes. Then I panicked and then I got stuck in. Preparing for an interview is surprisingly time consuming. That brief 30 minute period could bring up anything and I needed to feel prepared. Having ecstatically informed my husband, my mum and my main mentor of the exciting news during that initial phase, I then managed to gather myself and start to identify possible sources of advice to help me hone and polish my interview skills. I emailed or re-emailed all those generous people who had helped me in the first instance, many of whom I've continued to bump into along the way. I collated a little list of the types of questions I might be asked. I didn't know any other speech and language therapy researchers who have held this award. The people I sought advice from were those as close as possible to me, the psychologists, the nurses and the physiotherapists who hold this award, as well as the speech and language therapists who hold other really similar awards within the NIHR. Some of those people offered to meet with me again and talk over their experiences. I also started arranging mock interviews with everyone I could think of. I started with the research design service at UCL. I knew it would be helpful to get some dates in the diary. My neurology professor colleagues were also extremely generous in this regard. I arranged three different mock interviews with professors and doctors of neurology and psychology with whom I work clinically and in the Dementia Research Centre. I also arranged a mock interview with the head of my department in language and cognition and a number of supportive professors within the same department. Finally, I scheduled meetings or semi-mock interviews with all my other mentors and collaborators who were, had said they were available and able to support me. These were all blocked into that week prior to my interview. Next, I scrutinised the guidance. I needed to prepare a six-minute presentation, precisely six minutes. I produced an initial version. This process allowed me to immerse myself in my proposal. I then shredded it. I tore each slide apart and rewrote them numerous times over the next three weeks. I was given previous successful candidates' slides, generously of course, and I was given advice on images, wording, timing and the script. And I rehearsed that script to within an inch of its life. This included making my mother, my children and my husband listen to it until they knew it as well as I did. And importantly, I rehearsed it on the actual video platform I'd be using. I timed it. I scripted myself pauses and I even marked the inflection points. I believe that 
the presentation was a work of art. I had six minutes and I refined it to five minutes and 57 seconds. It was personal, professional, scientific and passionate. So then the questions. This was trickier. I found that everyone had a slightly different view on the types of questions I would be asked. But this was also helpful. I started gathering a list of all the possible questions and all the possible answers. I grouped them into categories and I practiced. I tried to script answers in different formats so that I felt kind of comfortable and confident in what I was saying. I referred back to my proposal so I knew it inside and out again. I thought about what was important to the project, to my career and my training, so I could emphasise these points in the interview. I needed nice, succinct answers, but equally adequate detail. So for some, I planned the structure, for example, an opening statement, three key points and a summary. For others, just a single line would do. I had been given a list of the interview panel, so I did a little research on, the, on that panel to understand their backgrounds and their likely interests. This was helpful not only in anticipating who might ask what, but also in terms of trying to consider how to make them all happy, in the words of one of my mentors. I also thought quite deeply about those questions that I really feared, the dreaded statistics. I sought advice on how to phrase those particular answers and I rephrased them a number of times. I also practised all my answers out loud until even the people who knew me best felt I sounded confident and knowledgeable. Finally, I thought about the set. I decided to wear the very same dress I wore at my successful NIHR doctoral research award for my fellowship PhD, um, my fellowship interview and at my PhD Viva. It made me feel professional but also lucky and has an excellent collar so looks very smart on Zoom. I also planned which room in the house I'd had have the interview in. I set myself in that very room 90 minutes before the interview and then just repetitively rehearsed until the interview. So by the time the interview came round, I was feeling comfortable and it felt almost automatic just to do another presentation, only with a room full of Zoom faces. I found that if I practiced it enough, I could act the part and that just made me feel a bit less anxious. Now the waiting commences. My personal post-interview analysis, my forensic analysis, tells me it could go either way. I, I am pleased I did it. I invested huge amounts of time and effort and I know this will be extremely helpful no matter whether I get it or don't. But I've got my fingers crossed. I know the project proposal is important and worthwhile and I would really love to get on and do this research and ultimately improve the lives of those people with dementia and their family members. Thank you for listening. Join the Dementia Research bloggers and share your own views.